666. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife, but it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on nightmare time. So let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. I'm John. I'm Kim. And today we are taking a little vacay of horrors. Woo! Today we invite you along for a little vacay of horrors. That's maybe how I should have said it. I feel transported. This week on the podcast, we are talking about the ruins from 2008 and touristas from 2006. It's that, you know, early millennial obsession with vacation destination horrors we're like oh no we lost our passports and our backpacks and now we're gonna be brutally murdered by everyone so i'm in a pretty grumpy mood why upon recording this because i just learned that turistas has no o in it it's just tu- like t-u-r-i-s-t-a-s and i've already done all of the artwork for this episode uh and i've already edited it and added all the film grain and all the like crackly paper stuff that i like to add on to it now i gotta redo it all so thanks turistas love that woo it's just podcasting life I think I need a vacation, John. <laughs> a vacation from this vacation? Well, we already know what's what's ruining your week for you, but what's keeping you creepy? We've just finished up our South by Southwest coverage. We've been watching all kinds of spooky movies through the virtual South by Southwest Film Festival of 2021. We highlighted a couple of the movies that we watched last week on the podcast, and... We got a really cool one to talk about. That one that's kind of just teased what the actual premise is about. You may have seen the Fangoria retail cover, maybe the trailer, maybe the poster that dropped last week. Man, they dropped so much artwork. So much stuff. I think they were just like, okay, cat's out of the bag. This is what it is. We're talking about Jacob's Wife. Yeah, directed by Travis Stevens. Jacob's Wife stars Barbara Crampton, Larry Fessenden in a Nosferatu-style vampire story that just has Barbara Crampton as the ultimate fucking badass. Like, holy shit, is she the coolest in this movie? Yeah, it's such a fun film with some really fun classic Nosferatu stuff. And obviously we don't want to spoil too much about it, but it's a lot about the transformation and uses the the vampire mythos to, like, really do a journey of self, which is really fun and kind of fresh. So really enjoyed that. We actually spoke to director Travis Stevens for an upcoming episode of the podcast, which you can look forward to in April. But we actually dropped some snippets from that interview as part of our written South by Southwest coverage at nofspodcast.com. So if you are jonesing for more Jacob's Wife, you can check out that interview. Man, it makes me a little sad. Just a little sad because... The the world knows now, at least anybody watching, uh, knows that it's a vampire movie, which is something we did not know. Did not know when we watched it. You know, in preparation for the interview that we did with with Travis Stevens, they sent us a screener. We just knew who was in it. That Barbara Crampton played a preacher's wife, and that was kind of it. To see it suddenly become. A, like a really Suddenly rad <laughs> vampire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a huge surprise. Uh, that really went with our episode title. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know the movie is loaded with with incredible performances and amazing practical effects. I think you guys are gonna like it. By the way, Bonnie Aarons, the nun herself, uh, Valak from the Conjuring universe, is the is the Nosferatu vampire. So look forward to that. Pretty sure it hits select theaters VOD mid April. Mm-hmm. Very exciting, and I think it's also premiering as part of Panic Fest. Oh yeah, which they just dropped their slate, and surprise, surprise, Nightmare on Film Street. We got a little something, something for you at Panic Fest. So definitely check out the Panic Fest website. Check out all the films that they are premiering and showing, and maybe come check out whatever we end up doing there. It's gonna be fun. We don't want to spoil it, so it's like it's kind of a surprise, but we're gonna be there. We're gonna be doing something. It's gonna be great. I also want to give a quick shout out to Paul Lee who helped us with the South by Southwest. We love you, this Paul. Year. Yeah, like half the reviews on the website are Paul's. He's an incredible reviewer. Please check them out. Um, and outside of South by Southwest, like right before South by Southwest sort of like took over our entire letterboxed diary. Uh, we... <laughs> I haven't updated mine. <laughs> yeah, I know you haven't. <laughs> um, we, like the rest of the horror community, sat down to watch Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker on Shudder. What a blast! Oh boy, surprise appearance from Bill Paxton too. Everybody in this movie's an asshole. Everybody, <laughs> every single person. John's sucks. review. Everyone's an asshole. I loved it. Yeah, that's, that's about it. That's that's the majority of my late seventies, mid eighties film reviews. Oh, if I could make like a wide Wild ass moms double feature. It would be Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, and Blood Rage for the oh yeah the wild ass moms dublafecta. Not I- a trifecta, but a dublafecta. And one quick plug, we recently dropped the amazing new Matilda Charity Tea at the NOFS Podcast merch store. It's your favorite creepy canine, our pup, Matilda, on in shirt form. She's so evil on that shirt. She is so evil. The artwork is by Alan Wayne Myers, who's done some really awesome Nightmare on Film Street fan art. And we fell in love with his designs, and we actually purchased them from him to do some official merch. And the Matilda Charity Tea in particular is super awesome because it's our 2021 charity tea. 30% of the sales, not the proceeds, the sales. So like if it, the, the shirt's 26 bucks, 30% of that is going directly to animal charities. And because we couldn't just pick one, we're doing three different ones. The ASPCA, the World Wildlife Fund, and the Humane Society, each of them are getting 10% of every sale of the Matilda Charity Tea. And that's going to go all year long. We're keeping that shirt up to donate to animals. It's a little play on a pet cemetery tea as well. It's also kind of a play on 70s posters like the, the Night Evelyn came out of the grave at the very least the the uh the arrow video artwork where you could see our faces reflected in the knife it's pretty fantastic Uh, And you can check that out at store.nofspodcast.com. We also have a ton of other merch there that I always forget to plug. We got some horror tees. We got more Nightmare on Film Street merch. We got mugs and sweaters and stickers and all kinds of stuff. So definitely check out our merch store. There is tons of spooky shit there. I'm really excited that we're talking about the ruins in the podcast today because it feels really long overdue. Right? We're like, love this movie so much. I'm just sad that we don't have a a plant sound effect for for this episode. (laughs) I mean, we kind of do. There's an unofficial air horn <laughs> that uh, that Kim sounds off constantly whenever the plants do something cool. So you can get a you can get a feel for what it sounds like to watch movies with her. Uh. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not a good film going companion? I'm saying you're the best film going companion because oh, you're sitting nice. here waving pens, cheering about killer plants, making fake cell phone sounds. It's a blast. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk about these two movies. And talk about them we shall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get into it. 
kicking it off, we're talking about the ruins. Can you believe we've been doing this for like four years? We haven't gotten any better at it. No. <laughs> kicking it to you, trailer. So what do you guys think? Ancient Mayan temple off the beaten path. I want to go. I'm in. 1,000 years ago. This feels weird, Jeff. Why won't they come near us? This was a place of sacrifice. Wow. It's beautiful. It still is. Terrifying bestseller. Get off me! It's inside me. I want to cut it. The ruins. I'm not okay. You keep saying I'm okay. I'm not okay. Why won't you look at me? The ruins from 2008, currently sitting at a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, 44% on Metacritic, and a 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I think one of my favorite things about this movie is that every single person that has seen it discovered that it was about plants halfway through the movie. No one knew that going in. Nobody knew it was plants? I don't, I definitely didn't. I don't think you did. This movie came out in 2008. We definitely saw it together. Did we? Yeah. And <laughs> I don't I don't remember seeing this movie for the first time. I just remember like knowing it exists. Yeah. Okay, so I know for a fact we did not see this in the theater. Uh I don't know why. I think it was just something we missed, but we watched it on DVD, rented it from a video store back when those were everywhere. And like everybody that I see on Letterboxd even now is just like, "Yo, I did not know this was about fucking plants." And those plants kill it. They really do. They kill the game. <laughs> It's also because it came out in this weird period where, like, we were just getting away from torture porn, so it's kind of like a torture film, and, but it's also kind of in that area where we had all those vacation destination horrors. I love a good vacation right? horror movie. I don't know. We're, we're already halfway through this month, so I may have revealed that already. Surprise. How much I love vacation horror movies, but- Fuck, the, the beginning of this movie gives me such joy, and it's purely, maybe that's also with, like, COVID brain, uh, almost a year of COVID brain. Oh, sure. But just seeing people enjoying their vacation is it's nice. It's not even just enjoying their vacation. It's just those landscape shots where, like, you see a person standing on a cliff, and it's looking off at, like, this hillside. It's like, oh, remember seeing things? But, like, just <laughs> sitting by the pool and meeting somebody new, and it turns out he's not evil, which- we'll Huge get, surprise. Which, yeah, we'll get into, because, yeah, hostile format, he should be. But, yeah, it's just such a bright and sunny and lovely movie that uh, I'm just- I just vibe with it. And it's crazy because this movie, I feel, is very underrated. I don't see it talked about a lot. It's usually in, like, vacation horror lists, yeah. So if you're if you're seeking out this type of movie, you'll get it recommended to you. But I think it's so extremely watchable and just a really fun Friday night horror movie that I'm so surprised I don't hear about it on Twitter. 
at least once a month. Okay, so we're recording this in February. It's going to be released in March. I guarantee by the time this episode hits the podcast feed, you will see like a dozen posts about ruins. Really? Because I never see people talking about it. It comes up around spring break. Like, and, Well, maybe that's true. the vacation destination true, horror, true, but true. like eco horror. It's the fact that it's plants. Like, plants. oh, spring. What? Well, plants are back, right? I, I feel like we need a soundboard for every time we like shout out the plants. Like, just like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Every time we we give those plants a nod. Matthias, you were talking about the German f- guy, the stranger that they meet, hostile format, should be leading them to their fucking doom. Kind of is, but super nice guy. But as it unaware turns out. of it. Yeah, right, because he's just going to look for his brother, who we never see in the cold open. That other woman is definitely the archaeologist yeah. that he goes off with. Yeah, we don't see the brother, which I assume means he's long gone. He's one of them skeletons, right? <laughs> There's a Definitely lot of bones. Yeah, so Matthias meets our double date Yeah. <laughs> at the pool. Kind of divulges that he's going to check out this temple the next day uh, where his brother and his girlfriend are. And the quadruple, our, our duo of couples, haven't done any sightseeing yet. They basically just hung out by the pool with a deck of cards, which is kind of, you know cute and cheesy is it yeah okay you know you have this like you're on this great vacation and you're just playing fucking cards like i love it the indoor kid in me gets that i completely understand margaritas and solitaire okay yep yeah as those are the childhood activities right there But even the night before they leave, we realize that Matthias is actually kind of a nice guy because Amy is all over him, mostly because she's mad at Jeff. I don't think she's mad. I think she's sad. Okay, yeah, she's sad. I shouldn't say mad. She is sad. That's why she's so drunk. And the point is, she kisses him. She she puts her tongue in his ear, which is very, I don't advise that. (laughs) Stranger or not. A little wet for somebody you meant. 20 minutes ago. Right. <laughs> just a little damp. <laughs> but here's how you know he's a good guy. He's just like, hey, that uh, that Jeff, he's a pretty good guy, eh? Like, boom. You know, maybe she's just a little too drunk. She doesn't know who she's with. Remind her of her boyfriend. <laughs> who, not as nice a guy as Matias, left her he's, on the fucking yeah, beach. Yeah, and I know she's, so she is with her best friend, and I and I get that, and, and like, he jogs in the morning. Fuck so, that guy. Yeah, so he needs to get up bright and early. Like, I love that he's the <laughs> Part, like, oh, you guys, you're ruining my vacation. You guys don't want to go see some Mayan ruins. It's like, it sounds like you're the party pooper, dude. I have to admit, though, when shit starts to go down on the top of that temple, he seems really eager to start using his budding doctor knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. into it. <laughs> oh, there's, there's some lawyers to Jeff that we got to peel back, you know? <laughs> Man, we're spending a lot of time just talking about the group dynamic. Because I like them. I like the group dynamic, too. I mean, if you're not going to appreciate this stuff, then you're not going to like like 80% of horror movies, especially from the early 2000s, guys. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to talk about a lot about this movie is particularly the relationships between the the four main characters is super fun. Yeah, they're not all cheating on each other. They (laughs) feel like real people in that there's no... Take, for instance, the two female leads, Amy and Stacy. At the very beginning, we leaned more towards Stacy. We think Stacy's going to be our quote-unquote final girl. She's blonde. She's a little bit more um, introverted. 
Amy, we the first time we really get to know Amy, she is really drunk and she's she's a little bit more forward than Stacy and she you know she's behaving a little bit badly. So we lean more towards Stacy, but as we get closer to the ruins, Amy kind of solidifies herself as the, the the final girl of the group and purely because she's a lot more cautious and she internalizes and also she wears glasses which is a that big, helps which is a big surprise that ups her in final girl quota <laughs> i peg her as the final girl like immediately because Do you? well because she, uh, it seems like this is the final girl should kind of be a girl who can't handle her alcohol maybe is what i'm saying because it, it goes back to like your virginal qualities you know mm. so like i just see amy as being like the christian girl of the group who's away from the church for a weekend kind of deal no but the thing the fucking but cheating, thing john cheating is a huge transgression in horror movies and this film plays with that that trust well i think she's emotional she's she's the emotionally fraught one of the group boom final girl quality <laughs> right here's the thing though especially when we're coming back to final girl stuff she is so fucking unprepared for for this trip out to the ruins she she wore flip flops i know you know you're going hiking you're not walking around on the beach you know i wouldn't bring sneakers but her boyfriend runs, so maybe she was doing it on purpose. Like, I'm purposely not bringing sneakers because I'm not fucking getting up at dawn with you. I'm hungover, yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, super important because when they get to the ruins, she steps into uh, into the brush, the vines that are grabbing onto the ruins, which exposes her to them plants immediately. And the the native Mayans are not into it. Unfortunately, there's kind of a language barrier there, and they don't understand what they're saying. Well, yeah, they also don't know that it's because she stepped on the plants or anything, right? They they just think like, oh, you were trespassing, you know? Yeah, and they're pushing them up the up the the pyramid. Which That's is a like weird a, turn. Which is like a step pyramid, so that you can climb it. They basically make a perimeter around the ruins, and the two couples are stuck up there. They were with some other dude who gets shot with an arrow. Yeah, Dimitri, so, the Greek kid yes. who shows up. So somebody dies immediately. Poor Matthias is the third fifth wheel. <laughs> I mean, we need one, right? Like, I'm surprised there wasn't already one in the group to pine over Amy or Stacy, <laughs> right? So, like, that's that's always, it's it's cool that they just eliminated that entirely and that they made Matias a nice guy. I, it's crazy how well everybody gets along. The Dimitri thing is something that we should talk about in some small detail because he is one of three Greek guys that were supposed to come, but the other two were passed out drunk on the fucking beach. <laughs> so he copied the map, tucked it under his buddy's head so they wouldn't miss it in hopes that they would catch up with them later. Mm -hmm. The reason I think it's important to talk about Dimitri and whatnot is because Jeff, as he's panicking and trying to keep cool, keeps sort of like going back to... You know, these people are going to come look for us. We, we're supposed to check out of our hotel tomorrow. We're supposed to get on an airplane. Dimitri's supposed to get on an airplane. People should be looking for us. They even find a plane ticket in Dimitri's bag saying that they were going to be on a flight tomorrow morning. Which means that his, his buddies were also going to be on that same flight. Everybody should come looking for Dimitri when... When he doesn't show up at the airport, when and he's essentially when he's missing, right? Also, the line that Jeff says, where he's just like, "We're Americans, we don't just go missing," and you're just right. Like it's so cringy and it's so perfect for Jeff to say because Jeff is kind of the biggest asshole of the movie. He's the all-American boy. Yeah, I mean, nobody in the film is like a complete jerk. Nobody is totally evil. Nobody is totally bad. Everybody is human, which is fun. But oh, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, boy. You're in the fucking middle of nowhere. Like, even if 
you were diplomats' kids. They wouldn't know where to find you. Yeah, they like, never fucking did you idea. tell the concierge before you left the hotel that you're going to some uncharted ruins? Yeah, like no. The Mayans at the bottom of the pyramid don't know your fucking names, and they don't give a shit. No, not at all. As long as you don't spread that plant curse. Yeah. <laughs> now, I obviously Jeff is just like grabbing onto anything optimistic at the time, I think. Yeah, true. Because and in his sheltered American perspective, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, he's, he, I can't remember what his character's middle name is, but at some point he says it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely your middle name. It's like Waylon or something. Yeah. And he's like, I was going to be a doctor. God damn it. And my father paid for it. Yeah. So Jeff's doctor obsession leads him to a lot of things, including rationing everybody's water, breaking people's legs and amputating them at the fucking Building drop of a braces. hat. Yeah, he's all about that. Oh, man. You know, and that aspect of the movie, the, the, the kind of body horror elements and the really gross out body destruction moments, I think are purely for that obsession in the early 2000s, like the Hostel movies, because okay. this movie gives me total Hostel vibes, but takes it completely 180 degrees but still wants to give audiences of that period who were who were paying for those movies, yeah. paying for those types of films, you know, like some real gross out moments. And they are woven really well into this movie. Every point, there is a kind of minor task to, to distract us from the major task. And the major task is we're fucked on the top of this ruin. Oh, yeah. They don't have any real big existential crises up there because right away, Mateus falls through this this opening, this, t- this excavation tunnel, and maybe breaks his back. And they're trying to get him up, but the the rope is breaking, you know, like all those film things. Only the girls are light enough and only the men can can spin the rope wheel of whatever. (laughs) So there's all of these mini tasks that all end up bodily injured in nature. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the trailer was like, which is funny because it will have played... I don't know, 15 minutes before me talking right here. Uh, but I haven't, I didn't have a chance to sit down and watch it. Cause yeah, I, like everybody else, had the impression that it was sort of a hostily type movie. And that's probably just because it's a vacation destination type movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of what all of those movies were built on. Like, oh, don't go to Europe. Oh, don't, 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 don't go to some secret club that this cool guy knows about. Cause you're never coming back. They'll torture you for hours. And I guess the assumption was that it was like that, but in Mexico. And I think the body horror thing, like there's such a fear, particularly for Americans, because they'll go bankrupt if they get an extreme bodily injury. That's a really good point, actually. That's that's really interesting. I mean, like, you kind of technically, you know, have to buy health insurance regardless of what country you go to. Oh, when you, you, when you travel, totally. But, but you're right. That is a fear that Americans live with even when they're at home. <laughs> I would like to know, as an American, when, say you don't have really good health insurance with your company, and you're going to go somewhere, and you have to buy health insurance for your trip, I don't know how expensive that is. For us, I would say it's expensive, but I have no understanding of what it costs for anybody from any other country. It might be pretty reasonable. Like, I don't know, I think it's like a couple hundred bucks. I think it's maybe even less than that, I'm not sure. Depends on the length. I think last time we were looking, we are like, we're going to be in America for three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just we just risked it. <laughs> is what we did. Don't tell people that. <laughs> which is what most of which is great because I fell and hit my head, <laughs> and probably great. should have gone to the hospital. But it was just like, oh well, we didn't buy that insurance. But you got a free T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The bar did give me a free T-shirt, made me pay my tab, but I got that fucking T-shirt. <laughs> 
my favorite part that they made you pay for the drink that knocked you out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a long story. I mean, if you want to hear it, it's back it's in, in the... one of the episodes. Yeah, it's back in the feed from like September, October at time 2019. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what what do you think is the most gnarly body horror element of the movie? Is it the uh, pork chop leg getting cut off? Is it the filet thigh? Is it <laughs> the okay. spine out of the back? Like, what what moment really made you go like, ugh? Well, I did not have the reaction this time. Oh, I <laughs> uh, though the, the, the my pick though between those three is the filet thigh. Love that. That was it, she's really cutting it. She's off. really going for it. Like it's she's so got the good. meat off. Yeah, it, it it made me go yeah this time around. But I do remember going the first time. I was eating pizza, so I looked away. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I couldn't wait. <laughs> it looks oh man, practical effects standpoint, it looked so awesome yeah i mean the movie is a little cgi ish now like the plants and stuff are a little they're they're a little (laughs) i'm pretty eh on on visual effects anyways i kind of love when they're eh. yeah they're great i I feel for it this stuff now how good the like superhero films look now i'm just not into it i want my visual effects to look like visual effects you know what i mean oh yeah don't give me avatar give me fucking the haunting That's that's a good pick. That ghost face is something. Oh, those little cherubs. (laughs) I fucking love them. I will will say, though, like the scariest part of the whole movie is when they're going in the tunnel and looking for the cell phone. Yes. Now, the cell phone is exactly what brought Mateus down there because it's his brother's cell phone. They have the same cell phone. (laughs) I recognize that ringtone. Back when there were only six ringtones. Uh, but I, I mean, like, you know, even if it was 2020, you know, it would 2021, the, the year we're in? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, even if it was now, you'd probably be able to pick out your friend's ringtone. Like, it would be let. It would, My phone does not ring. That is, I thought about that immediately. I was like, well, if Kim's phone's down there, we're all fucked. <laughs> I, I turned off all of my notifications at Christmas time because I was just like, I'm sick of the internet. You, you say Christmas time. And Your phone has been on silent since you bought it. It's been on vibrate, but it's been on like silent, silent since Christmas time. And I just haven't turned anything back on. I'm not even getting text messages anymore. Like, yeah, it's that's just, real fun. It, yeah. No, I never need to get a hold of you. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm ungetaholdable. But they, they've lifted Mateus back out because his attempt to go down broke his back. They broke it even worse when they oh tried Oh, God. To- and they're like, where should we lift him from? And they're like, the knees? And then it's just like... <laughs> there are so many other things they could have fucking done. There are so many things they could have done. They should have sent the doctor down. Not even that. That's or a really good point. Or the doctor could have shouted some advice. Well, okay. So they're try- they need to lift him up onto that board, but the board is three feet off the ground. That's impossible to do. That's not going to work. Do not even bother to try attempting to do that i'm not a fucking doctor but one either untie that rope and then you guys rather than relying on the fucking crank just pull it up with your own bare strength until it's onto the crank again no Mm. big deal the point the, the important part is get him on the board also he's down there with like 20 feet of extra rope Pull the oh rope off God. of him, send it back up, extend the rope, oh you're good God. to go. Oh, my God. I was just going to say throw some tent poles down and tether them to his That would have been great, too. Yeah, something Because then they could have, like, secured him before they lifted him. 
there was at least some support that would keep his back from crumpling like a piece of paper. Oh, man, he had such a bad final 48 hours. Like, all of it was bad. No, and they, they definitely prevented his death by 48 hours because we learn in, during that cell phone scene that the plants are down there and they there's a fucking lot of them. So when they bring him up, they basically are only just dragging him slightly away from the plants that are definitely about to eat him. For sure. Yeah. And do. But when they go hunting for that cell phone, they find a corpse. They find a phone. And oh God, that phone's not working. But we still hear the ringing. And then we see like the little like fucking like pollen stuff inside the plant. Stamen. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Oh, goddamn. All right. Yeah, they see a little stamen. Don't you remember plant anatomy? No. Oh. Uh, anyway, so Stamen vibrating, making the sound of uh, making the sound of a cell phone. Fuck, that is so fucking creepy. Those plants are so evil. And then the plants like rise up and start chasing them out of the tunnel. Man, it's good. It's good. And oh then, like, God, it's good. Then you see kind of the entire walls are rustling. The plants take their torches. Like yeah, they are badass. Oh, it's real good. It's it, honestly the best part of the entire movie. And it's not like that's it's not like that's all the movie has to offer. It's got a lot of rad scenes, but holy shit, Chef's Kiss, A plus. The the added flower speaking mimicking thing is so wonderful because it's almost like a little absurd and fantastical. It gets like Alice in Wonderlandy. Oh, especially when Stacy is up there and like she's been carving out she's getting, pieces she's, of that fucking. Vine. She's getting out of it. Well, yeah, yeah, and because she's like. She's woken up before everybody else. She's looking for a knife. She's thinking about cutting them, cutting more of these vines out. And all around her are the plants mimicking her own voice. Like, I want to cut it out. I want to keep cutting it out. I want to cut it out. I want to cut it out. Like, that's horrifying. It's so good. That's psychologically damaging. Well, and it's so wonderful for a horror film, too, because... Most horror films, when you have that mental breakdown moment, do that effect anyways to visually... to dis- Oh, like hearing your own voice in your head swirling exactly. around? Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's that chaotic noise that they, they, they actually feed into the film with the soundscape. And that the fact that the plants are literally doing it on set, so to speak, yeah. is fantastic. And they don't overuse it, too. There's only really one scene where... And it's great, too, because Stacy's already got these vines inside of her. And and Amy and her boyfriend, Eric, are outside the tent talking. You know, essentially Amy's being a good friend to Eric, who knows his girlfriend's going to fucking die. Now, they're all going to die, but it kind of looks like Stacy's dying at first. She's next up. <laughs> right? But what she hears is the two of them having sex. And it's because the plants are making her hear that. That's fucking no, it's really good. And it's like, now the plants have an awareness of the, the like, the... The group dynamic. dynamic. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit. If they fight, they wound themselves. If they wound, they bleed. And that's what the plants fucking want. Yes. They want their blood. But what I was going to say was so wonderful in the beginning, and I kind of never got around to it, about uh-huh. the group dynamic, is there's so much friendly gaslighting at the beginning. Uh- there's plant gaslighting <laughs> in the middle. So the friendly gaslighting is... I was going to say, what's the friendly gaslighting at the beginning? Well, it's the between Stacy and Amy because Stacy obviously keeps secrets from Amy's boyfriend in regards to, like, if Amy goes out of line or not. Because I'm assuming that this is, like, you, a, oh, okay. a character trait of okay. And also, even Eric alludes to not being the most faithful person, maybe, during one of the conversations. There was a... Yeah, I yeah, remember that. Yeah. Like, we didn't get any information out of it, but I was just like, 
does everybody in this group cheat on each other? Yeah, like, you know how she is when she gets something in her head and she just keeps rolling it around. Yes. It's just like, like that is... Uh, there's a definite <laughs> theme of, like, gaslighting and the fact that the plants gaslight. And then at the fucking end, when Stacy has the fucking vine in her forehead and everybody sees it, they're all just like, huh? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, no, it's good. you're fine. Yeah. No, nobody saw anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, gaslighting for good. <laughs> Keeping oh her at my. peace. But so she doesn't cut herself anymore. Yeah, well, because it's a lost cause, right? Like, but then oh, Jeff, man. I get, think, pity murders her after she kills her boyfriend. Yeah, it's a bummer. Which happens real quick. She stabs him, and then, you know, he dies immediately. And then she's like, shit, let me die. And, and the plants drag him away slowly. Those plants are so sassy. Especially since the plants also start repeating, like, kill me, kill, kill me, me, kill me. <laughs> man, those plants. Oh, they're so gnarly. Good guys. <laughs> now, something that's interesting, they don't, they really don't talk about it at all in this movie, and it's great that they don't. There might even be a scene where they do, like, oh, I remember reading about this once, and it's just like, there's no fucking way you would know anything related to this whatsoever, and there's nobody to go to. Like, they can't, hey, Mayan people who we've established don't speak English and also hate my guts. Uh, you want to tell me a little bit about this pyramid that we're stuck on? <laughs> like, that's not going to happen at all. We completely glossed over the fact that when Amy gets mad, she throws a fucking vine and it hits a little kid and they just kill that kid. Oh, my God. Yeah, Amy murders a lot of people inadvertently in this movie. Yeah, this is maybe a good time for me to say that that would have been my move two days in with no food and water. Like, oh, you're going to let me die up here? Well, fuck you. Oh, yeah. I'm just throwing so many vines. <laughs> I'd be spitting vines. Yeah. I was okay at shot put in track and field in elementary school. I'm sure I could throw a fucking rock wrapped in vines. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just put rocks on it. Right. Um, but what I was going to say about Amy killing that kid is once they, like, re-break or more break Mateus's back, she's so sad about it. She's like, we shouldn't have lifted him. And, like, at this point, it's just like, you know you just had that kid killed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's crazy how much of this is, like, Amy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Amy. <laughs> and she shouldn't have come. She was way too hungover to go I on know, a hike. I know. She was just going to be in, like, comfy bed. <laughs> she could have hung out with those other Greek guys by the pool. Got room service. Yeah. It was your final day. Also, who's going on a fucking crazy-ass hike on the last day? Do that, like, day two or three of, of a week-long vacation, so that way, one, you can soak your feet afterward, and two, you don't wind up injured or stuck somewhere the day before your plane takes off. Yeah, the final day should be a pool day. Yeah, Any, so, like, what I was getting at with the Mayan stuff is, uh, I think this is, it's a really interesting story, because, one, you know, we've we've all heard about the, the, the ancient Mayan culture that was sacrificing people on top of these mountains, and it either does two things. One, it either completely twists that story in that oh we were wrong this whole time and what it actually is is this crazy ancient vine that kills people and they're trying to quarantine yeah and they they stop people from going to this temple or those sacrifices were made specifically for the plant to keep it at bay to keep it at bay maybe just yeah probably probably (laughs) probably just to keep it the one thing i was missing from the ending of this film that maybe my brain just like oh i want to talk about the end of this movie that my brain just like filled in for me was she does finally get away sure does uh her her boyfriend's good old jeff uh sacrifices himself but not actually he gets murdered but i don't know i don't know it's ambiguous the goal was always yeah it's ambiguous um 
Amy gets away, running through the woods. She gets to the Jeep. The Jeep starts. She's driving away. And we're tight on her face. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to see you fucking fine. It's going to be great. And I And then there's nothing. And on top of that, the last thing we see is her driving off into the distance with a sign marker telling us how close town is. But yeah, I did not see the vine in her face. I, may, I Maybe I imagined it, but she's definitely carrying that plant to society. Yeah, it's like the thing. This is the extinction of the human race. Like, it got out. That's the, that's the horror movie ending. I think, possibly, unrated ending that we saw. Mm. And how many, yeah, how many just, DVDs did we buy in the early 2000s and it only pro- came with the unrated ending? We probably ending? have it somewhere. We just watched it on Netflix. Was it Netflix? Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I knew it was streaming. So I assume this is the theatrical cut and I don't think I would have liked that very much if we watched it in the theater. Yeah. There's I so- love that unrated ending. There's something very interesting internally as an audience member in those types of movies where like the person is the hero is escaping but but it's like the end of humanity if they do and and horror puts you in that spot as an audience member a lot Mm -hmm. like you were saying the thing this movie and it's interesting because like you're you're kind of rooting for them but you're also like not maybe you should have just died up there you you act like a good person and you say you're a good person and maybe you should have just died up there i think it's way more interesting too especially when you see how many people that amy is quote unquote responsible for in this whole situation that's not entirely true don't get me wrong it's not like she deliberately stepped on those plants no exactly she didn't know what she was doing it's all accidentally responsible yeah right and and it's <laughs> it's a complete twist on all of the stuff you used to see in the 70s and occasionally the 80s especially in slashers the hills have eyes is one that comes to mind like oh you survive and you kill the 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 big bad guy but, but at, at what cost, cost? right like <laughs> every single like look at fucking sally at the end of the texas chainsaw massacre it's not like Things are great for Sally from here on and happily ever after. No, (laughs) never true about any of these movies, any of them ever. And they just, they they took that to like the nth degree in in movies like this, where it's the end of the war. Like they they live, but not for long. And also it's on borrowed time and it's at the cost of literally everybody everybody on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody you love is already dead, so what does it fucking matter? Let's just burn this mother down! <laughs> they Wait. never try and burn those plants, by the way. They got a whole-ass bottle of tequila. Oh, true. I would have tried. True. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the book, because uh, one thing we didn't oh, touch shit. on, this is actually based on a novel that sold before the book was finished, which is cool. The screenplay is written by the author of the novel. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, production company bought it based on the outline of the book. Which is really fucking cool. I completely forgot about that. I that's love pretty that great. Shit. Yeah, no, that's always fun. The book is probably fucking dope. I yeah, I think we should. Check I bet it you out. they they touch on the the tequila flame situation. <laughs> they probably try. <laughs> There's plenty of time in that book. I hope it's written like a diary, actually. Block day one vines definitely in brain. <laughs> day one. <laughs> <laughs> Day one, finds in brain. It's all uphill from here. <laughs> Makes sense. This book is only twelve pages. <laughs> All right, Kim, uh, what's your rating of The Ruins? Uh, I, like I said, I really love vacation horror. I thoroughly enjoy this movie. It keeps the tension high. It keeps the excitement high. It is full of gross body horror shit. Yeah. Um, three and a half out of four. 
Can I ask you whether you are rating based on the unrated version of this movie or the theatrical version? In my my mind's eye, the only truth is that she she had a vine in her eyeball. So, yes, yeah. And I don't even know if that's in any other version. Maybe I imagined it, but that's what happens in my brain. Three I, and a half out of four. That's I feel the exact same way. I've been trying to hold on to that this entire time. Uh, and that's also why I'm giving it a three out of four. If I had to go based on just what we watched, three... Because uh, it's like, okay, Wait, fine. Didn't you say, what's your rating? Three and a half? Three and a half. Oh, okay, cool. But I'm going specifically on the unrated version. And I highly, I do not recommend watching the theatrical version. John, we may have invented it. Don't recommend a cut that we don't no. know is real. No, no, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Wow. Our copy, you see that we like, we, we like pen in a little like vine line on her head. And we're it's like, not even that. There, Ima- we fixed it. Imagine if we just found an old TV of ours and there was just... <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a that's a vine line for when we watch the ruins again. <laughs> this is our ruins TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good movie. I really enjoy this movie. It's a, lot. a fun fucking watch. And I I guarantee you will if you keep an eye out, you will see plenty of appreciation for this movie. Like I, I'm gonna I, keep I'm putting my binoculars on because yeah. I need to make some more ruins friends because I'm definitely gonna watch this again. Come March break. Yeah, no, this movie is super celebrated. I guess it's a cult movie in in a way. Like, it it has its audience. It's a very vocal audience. And I feel like every year, more and more people discover it. We need to get a ruins flag, like a little pennant. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. We should get those for every subgenre. And we could just wave it every time we talk. Every, like, during an entire film, the whole time. Like, anytime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And anytime somebody dies, we're just like, woo! (laughs) Wave a little flag. I dig it. It's sports. We're making movies sports now. I like it. Okay. I'm sold. What's our next movie? Coming up next, we're watching Touristas. Welcome to paradise. I love you, Brazil! Yeah! In a country where anything goes. Would you guys mind if I went topless? Anything can happen. They robbed us. We have no money. We have no way out of here. It's not good for you in town. Hello? Who are these people? Vacation is over. Turistas. I wanna go home. Turistas from 2006, currently sitting at a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, 36% on Metacritic, and a 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Kind of a eh, all all the way around for the for uh, the Turistas. Before we get too far into Turistas, by the way. I read the Wikipedia entry for The Ruins, Mm -hmm. specifically looking, you know, like, oh, it's got to be an alternate ending, right? There is an alternate ending. Oh, yeah? not the ending we were talking about. It's like some cemetery grave digger caretaker goes to a a small clearing, sees a grave with our lead actress's name on it, and then the vines grab him. Something, what? Something like that. Yeah. What? Uh, the, the more important part is the actual plot of the movie, real, theatrical, unrated cut, whatever, is, oh, there's vines in her face. We see vines. And then the two buddies of Dimitri come over to the ruins. So why don't we see those damn vines? I... We watched it twice, John. Yeah, we rewound it, <laughs> looking for it. Either they've scrubbed it out completely. Or you're saying we need a new TV? Or... <laughs> no, this is not me pitching to get like a 4K TV. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know why we didn't see it. Apparently it's there. Frig. Now we're going to have to watch it again. Okay. At least that scene. 
Teresa's, though, on the other hand, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about, oh, all those movies that came out that were so like Hostel and like that's what makes The Ruins so great because it's not like this. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is exactly like uh, host- the, the Hostel glut, we'll say, those movies that came out in the wake of it. So quite obviously, I mean, if you're new to the podcast and you've made it this far, uh, we do spoil movies, uh, very much so. And I just want to say off the bat, is stealing kidneys enough? Is that weird to say? Is, this, this is man, it enough? This man is an entrepreneur, and this is just, like, the first five years, you know? Like, he's looking past. He knows the real money. We all money. have some kidney bones in our closet. He he wants to diversify his portfolio and, and take lungs and eyeballs and yeah, he's hearts gonna... especially. He's just not there <laughs> Only yet. Only six hours, we learned from his big villain monologue. Yeah. Oh, man. He talks way too much. <laughs> I don't care about him at all. The, the other, They really go to him a lot right they want to make him like this big bad but who cares and especially when he's operating do you think he gives that speech every time he cuts somebody open oh my god i'd get so bored if i was him there were moments where we cut away to the other captors in their dog pens and i was like some say he's still talking about kidneys right now so rewind in the tape a little bit because that's like the end of the movie that is the third act but yeah that's that's something that i've wanted to talk about since we hit stop on this but movie. But it paints the whole movie because a lot of this movie is waiting for it to turn. Oh, sure. Because we cut away to this nefarious character who's up to something super sinister. And for our tourists, our touristas, some yeah. would say, it's kind of shitty. They're in kind of a shitty situation, but it never quite escalates. I mean, some of them get stolen and hogtied and murdered. Stolen. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Napped, I guess. What? Why? Why can't I say stolen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because it's just it's not. How... But they didn't even take their kidneys. They just killed them. Yeah, he really only walked. He walked away with nothing. Now he also he did not walk away. Period. I think he got one kid, two kidneys, and one giant ass liver out of that's a huge liver. right? I did not. Maybe this thing. Maybe this film isn't accurate. I'm gonna assume that they tried to be. We're not biologists. (laughs) Livers are friggin' big. And why would you want gringo livers anyways? You know they're trash. (laughs) That's a real good, especially tourists. Damn. I guess if you're dying though. And kidneys. Kidneys too. Kidneys get trashed from out. Alcohol as well. Yeah, you know, taking it from especially college age gringos, bad move. Yeah. There are much healthier people you could find. Those floras are not healthy. Oh, especially from those Brits, right? They're like, their diet is, is mostly beer. Those two guys in this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I think Brits eat healthy normally. Oh, yeah, obviously, Tea yeah. and stuff. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I don't, and crumpets, I guess. Baked beans. Sausage. Sausage. Yeah. Chips. Is that what this podcast is going to be about now? Just Brit- British food? Just guesstimating who has the finest liver of the tourists. <laughs> but I mean, hey, I guess like, beggars can't be choosers. You know, recently I read an entire book about the red market. I don't know if that's the actual what? name. What? I don't know if that's the actual name for it. Is it was this the- like the hostel thing? Yeah, kind of, well, the hostile thing is like entertainment, right? Like it's just like, hey, you do whatever you want, man. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I'm just gonna put it out here, and I and I hope the majority of people agree with me is that the entertainment thing is a lot more sinister than the you deforested us, so we're gonna deforest your kidneys. There's yeah, yeah, I and mean, I get it. I get I get. There's some some real thematic ties, you know, between like America just wielding his big American dick around the world. Oh yeah. 
but I just, it's not as sinister. I mean, it's an urban legend. We we all know the story about the stealing kidneys and, and it being tourists and stuff isn't a huge stretch. But the stealing of kidneys thing, it was like a 10 minute segment in urban legend. I don't know if it's enough to stretch into a whole movie and have me be like, wow, that was dark. I, I, I think, you know, just harvesting as many organs as they possibly can is fine. I guess. Yeah, you know, but you're, you're right. Like, they're trying to make this interesting character who's, oh, I'm doing it for the good of the people in a way. You know, like, this money goes back into the community. I guess. He didn't say those words. Like, but, but... Uh, you know, his hope is that he's going to be able to put hearts in, like, he's, he's, I don't know. Like, he, he had this big line, and it was in the middle of the movie when he's, like, ordering a shish kebab from some kid. And I thought that was really good. He uses the shish kebab stick to, like, de-eyeball, and I guess murder, because it went totally in. Totally murder. Yeah, it went into his brain. Okay, but through the eye. The eye was the entry point. Sure. To the soul. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, and um, he says to this kid, he turns it into like a teaching lesson. Where oh, he's everything's like, a teachable moment, even murder. He's right? He's like, the first thing you want to try to be is be good, and then the second thing is bad, and then if you can't be like, or if you can't be good, be bad. He's like, but the worst thing is to be nothing at all, or to do nothing at all. Yeah. And so it's just like, okay, so is he just decided to be bad? I guess the murder tells you what he decided to be, but he's a doctor. He's on the road to good. I just don't understand. The I co- like that. The kebab line. kill was pretty good. I liked it. I it was it was great. It looked good. It was gross. It made me squirm a little. Probably just because it's an eyeball thing. I think it's a cool little spot in a horror movie, especially when you have a character who, like, in the third act, is revealed to maybe be a villain, but has you know he's he's got qualms about it, and you know the like he should go back and rescue them. The idea that like you should always do the right thing. Uh, sometimes you'll you'll end up doing the wrong thing, but you shouldn't do nothing. Like don't do nothing. Like when you have a choice to do something, and that's exactly what Kiko does in the end, right? Like sure, he's the guy that brought them to the surgery. He table. had eleven hours of hiking in the woods. He tried he- to turn back. <laughs> You're right, though. That's a lot. Like that's also a lot of work. That just goes to show the strength of their friendship, though, right? Because even after that ten-hour hike. An hour-long cave dive. He was like, you know what? We're going to go back. We should, okay, we got to walk the plot up to this point because this is, we were just talking about hikes and- I've been and, trying. And mountain diving <laughs> or whatever. So, Turista starts, we're in, we're on this rickety bus going up a mountainside in Brazil. Yep. Uh, we meet our Turistas who don't immediately know each other. I mean, there's a brother and a sister and her friend. They mostly know They're each a other. Group. <laughs> then there's Prue, who's this like nomadic Australian who speaks a bunch of languages and is super cool girl. Played by Melissa George, who's in a bunch of horror films. 30 Days of Night. Yep. Uh, the Amityville Horror Remake. Sure is. Something else I've that has slipped my mind. Ooh, Triangle. Triangle. And then the two Brits, Finn and Liam, who like beer a lot that's really it and then uh the bus driver's a dick tries to pass some kids on a motorbike almost hits some kids with skate or skateboards what's the water skateboard surfboard thank you and uh the bus almost falls off a cliff and then bus does fall off (laughs) yeah the bus does everybody gets out first including that baby and uh and then the bus falls off that cliff yeah and then instead of waiting for another bus they find a weird tiki bar in the middle of the rainforest it's on the beach yeah, but they walked through some trees. It's not the rainforest. It it's be. just a forest. I think if the plants look wet, you can call it a rainforest. Just because it rains in the forest does not make like, it a rainforest. But if they're rubbery, I don't know. 
But the the bar looks pretty sweet. The little tiki bar. Love I love mean, that bar. It, I'm guessing there's not a flush toilet in sight. Probably not. But they have beer. Dig a hole. That's that's probably what you're gonna get told. It's like, hey, we don't have a bathroom. Here's the toilet paper though, and here's a small shovel. That'd be I my mean, guess. peeing in the ocean. I guess you could go do that. But like, no, ain't nobody want to do a drunk poop in the ocean. <laughs> Please don't. It's only going to wash up on shore. And then everybody will see it float away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not going to float away. What are you talking about? Those waves are going to crash it right back down at your feet and, and you're having you're... a cerveza. What are you, what are you talking you're, about? You're running back to shore. And, and it beats poop, you. And the poop is chasing you. <laughs> so, uh... They decide to stay. Yeah, this is, you know what? This has great. all the amenities we need. <laughs> yeah, super great. Uh, super fun. They meet two other beach bums, basically, who I, I don't know. I think I, they were the two on the scooter, on the motorcycle, that the bus tried to pass. Oh. Yeah, the Swedes, yeah. The Swedes. Everybody gets knocked out at the at the first party that night for some reason. You know, it's the middle of the night. We'll call it 2 a.m. Fuck it. You know, we'll just pick a time. By dawn? Sometime after dawn, they've only roped up and carted away the two Swedes and they've left the Americans. Yeah, but they took all their stuff. So they took their passports. I guess they they know they're not going anywhere. They took their watches. They took the ring off their finger, their earrings, everything, and then just left them on the beach. They know how to get back to the road. Like, I just don't, I don't know, plot wise, that's a big hole for me. The biggest question mark I have is in this guy's business plan, right? Because, you know, like Hostel, it is very much an industry. The entire town seems to point toward the Hostel. Mm-hmm. Everybody works there. That's also what's so great about it. Like, literally every it's fucking pretty, person. It's pretty, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is by happenstance. This little bar, it's just like, oh, if you happen yeah, to find this is, little hideaway bar. Yeah, so when they get to the bars, one of the bar the one of the waitresses is calling some guy and is like, the gringos are here. And well, not even like, that. We have like five, seven gringos for you. Yeah. This bar is in the middle of fucking nowhere. No way did that bus crash on purpose. He says, it's must be Christmas Day for me then. Yeah. Yo, you need, a, you need a steady nowhere. supply of kidneys and livers, man. Like you can't just run you need helicopters money to get out to your surgery table you need livers and kidneys daily to pay for that so the idealist tourists are then free to roam about all day they hike back to some village where there's a kid wearing one of their hats they see somebody's motorcycle like it's pretty sketchy nobody will tell them where police are but thankfully they made a friend the night before at the party Kiko! Kiko, he's great. He's this, uh, this Brazilian dude who's like is trying to learn American. Uh, English, John! American and English are two different languages. <laughs> you know, after some scuffle with the local villagers, Kiko sort of like steps in and, you know, swoops them off to safety. There's a really interesting move in this movie where they don't subtitle any of the Portuguese yeah. with the the group like anytime we're with the bad guys and the bad guys are talking to other bad guys we see all of that subtitle and we hear it we know what's going on which is on. so silly because there's we're with a character so who speaks the, portuguese yeah so prue the the love interest for the brother who's this worldly woman she speaks portuguese she gets them out of a lot of trouble by speaking Portuguese, but we don't do any captioning. There are also parts where Kiko is is very passionately pleading for their lives. And she's and just she, like, uh-huh. she's just like, Kiko, what's going on? It's like, I think you know what's going on at this point, because you can hear what they're saying. 
<laughs> anyway, they should point have established is, that she wasn't good at it. <laughs> yeah, she's like just got the regular. Tourist I only know talk. the bar words. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I only know how to order a drink and find the hidey hole for poop. <laughs> <laughs> <Find> the... <laughs> Um, Kiko has decided that he's going to take them up to a cottage where his uncle lives. From there, maybe he can get them a ride home, is the idea. And they they walk in the woods for 12 hours. Like, he takes them off-road to the middle of nowhere. There's no offer for a car or anything. He basically is just like, oh yeah, the bus is coming in two days, so but, you have to hide here. But he also tells them that the, the kid that they hurt, which is the scuffle, man, I was trying to gloss over that, but it's actually kind of an important detail. Anyway, one of the Brits throws a rock at one of the kids. It hits him in the back of the head. There's blood everywhere. The adults are upset. And he says, they're going to go get his father. And his father's a very bad man. And you don't want to be around for that. Also, he's the only guy that has a car in town. So there's really no reason to stick around. We got to go to my uncle's place. So I guess at least in their mind, yeah, it's a 10-hour hike. That sucks. None of us have fucking shoes anymore. But we have nowhere else to go. Spend two days in a town where people want us dead. Or take a big old dangerous hike up through the woods. Where maybe we'll get some safety. But on a lighter note, when they're almost there, they've almost reached the house. They're ten minutes away. They find this, like, majestic waterfall and, and jumpy cliff. And they all just decide, like, fuck it, let's go for a swim. And find a cave that's definitely not going to show up again later. They all look exhausted, too. And Kiko's like, no, 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 let's let's go for a swim. It'll be great. He's like, don't worry. The house is, is only ten minutes away. It's on the river. Like, why can't we go swimming at the house on the river? <laughs> He wants to show them the caves. Okay. The plot caves. The caves are cool. This is definitely painted as like, oh, Kiko knows about this cool hiding spot. It's a little treacherous to get to, but oh, it's beautiful. Guaranteed everybody from that small town proposed to their wife in this cave, (laughs) right? Like everyone knows about this cave. Well, well, later, the bad guys definitely know where that fucking cave is right away. Yeah, because you have to dive and go underneath these. But you can also walk into it, which makes it a lot more stupid. Why they... didn't we go in yeah. that way? Why didn't we know? go in the easy walking way? <laughs> the point is, it looks great. It's real nice. I don't think I'd ever fucking. I do don't it. think it's that great. Apart from like... that's because you can't get over your fear. <laughs> You're just like I'll never. I mean, I would also never do this. <laughs> but I, I'll appreciate that it looks nice. All that cool Not light. That nice. All right, you know that's cool. There are these moments where they have to, they they dive into the water, they come up into a small pocket of air, just to, like, regroup, get a few breaths, go back down underwater, and keep swimming. And, like, that's a huge element in the end of the movie. I'd love to talk about it again in 15 minutes, but... Is this where you're going to bring up farts again? No. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not like any of that air is getting, like, changed out, right? Like, wouldn't it just... It's probably stale-ass air. That's what I'm saying, yeah. It probably smells like bat farts. Ugh. Anyway, Kiko goes for a dive, hits his head on a rock, and he's, he's at his super hidey hole. His yeah, it's, well, he shouldn't he shouldn't have dove in head first, right? This is a feet first jump, but uh, you know, it, not before he has all these second thoughts, like, oh man, maybe, maybe. we should go back to town. I'll uh, find you a car, and once he's nobody is suspicious from that. Like, right? Their no red one is flag alarm should be on fucking sensitive. This is how they got knocked the, out in the first place. Exactly. Like yeah. they should be like, hmm. Maybe Kiko's not a good guy, or maybe he's wrestling with something. Yeah. Like, pin him up against a wall and get the truth out of him. I'm a special- Beat the shit out of Kiko. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, what if he's just got, what if he's just not great with English, you know? Like, what if that's the Beat problem? Beat the shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, I'm especially upset with Prue because she's like, I've been to all the places they tell you not to go. I've been around the block. And here you are yeah! without your passport. <laughs> right? You lost the, like, let them steal everything but your passport. It's going to be real. And your easy. shoes. I mean, yeah, you keep your shoes. That's, that's where shoes you keep your passport. Shoes are important in Brazil, we have learned. So they get. No one cuts their feet in this movie, though. That's true. Sorry to cut you off, but no one, like, I expected it to happen, never did. Okay, so they get to the uncle's house, and by now we are, like, halfway through the movie, and only two tourists have died, but they were completely separate from our main group of tourists, so, like, the main group is like, yeah, this has been kind of a shitty trip, but, like, could still be salvaged, except for the fact that, like, Kiko's dying. And they just staple his head and put him to bed and then start, like, robbing this uncle blind. They are the worst of... house guests ever. Yes. They're, like, feeding dogs from his pantry, which, sure, fine, maybe the dogs need to be fed. But you don't know that. Like, I'm just... sure somebody's taking care of those dogs. Wait for the uncle to come. Don't drink his 20-year-old his scotch. His 26-year-old scotch. And it's not like they're, like, it's just one character that's bad. The ones that aren't drinking scotch are drinking wine. Fucking Alex, the brother, is like rummaging around finds a bunch of passports like okay that's a little weird whatever and then a pocket knife he's like thank you like what 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 (laughs) we're not like this isn't a video game we're not refueling at this house (laughs) this is this is this guy's uncle's house as far as you're concerned they totally should have found their own passports there that would have that would have been rad but then they're red flags i guess and they wouldn't have slept there but it's just this is the point where I realized I did not like any of them and I just wanted the movie to turn because I wanted them to suffer Whoa. for being terrible house guests. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, they deserve to be punished for that. That's for sure. But then even the turn is kind of anticlimactic. Unfortunately. The uncle, whether or not he's actually the uncle, I'm assuming he's not actually the uncle. No. But he turns up in a helicopter and then just start taking their kidneys in that house. Like, there's no big lair or anything. It's just this guy's house. And he's got his big old speech about it, too. It's just like, yeah, you know, like, I'm trying to equal the scales. You've ruined our country with globalized corporate garbage. And I'm going to, I said, I'm going to feed your kidneys back to other rich white people is kind of the idea. Like, I guess that's fine. Yeah. And one of his, I guess, nurses, who's a local, and you're seeing is kind of maybe being roped into this. A lot of people around this guy are being kind of roped into it. It seems like nobody enjoys it but him. Yeah. She warns them before things turn, like, get the fuck out of here. He's got some crazy fucking shit planned. And yeah, then, if I were you, I'd run. And then he, <laughs> and then he's just taking kidneys. And he's doing a pretty doctorly job of it. (laughs) Yeah, she was just like, yeah, he's very... Oh, what is it that he says? She says. I think she said it was going to be super fucked up, and so, like, I was, like, rubbing my hands together. Yeah. Ready for shit to get real. But it's just, it's just plain old surgery. It's not like he's, like, yes, he's taking the kidneys and the liver from everybody, but... He also is going to keep you alive for seven days and just, like, skin you with a fork. You know, it's not like he's really doing anything like no, that. No, and he even says, like, I'd like to get your corneas in your heart, but they don't keep. So uh, yeah. I'll just take these three. And it's just a practical thank decision. You. Yeah, next! <laughs> <laughs> and I guess as a human being, it's pretty squeamish to see the inside of a human being. Your brain has, like, a nope signal where it's just like, that's not right. Why is there a big hole now? Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that, then, that looked good, like, when they were doing it. it looked yeah. Practical effects-wise. And they, you know what I mean? They probably had, like, fucking mammal organs or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. like it's possible. We probably, like, looking at a seal gut or something. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, or maybe a deer. I don't know. If we're lucky, it's just pantyhose filled with a bunch of junk. 
covered in blood and glycerin. That's what we used for John's intestines when we did a an intestine out costume. <laughs> Pantyhose and junk. <laughs> Looked all right. Everybody else is put in cages. And, you know, one, two, skip a few, they escape. Yeah, one, two, stolen pocket knife a few, they get out. Yeah. And, and then there's some British sacrifice. <laughs> oh, man, like, I'm not leaving without Finn. And then they go back for Finn. <laughs> and, and then, then they Finn, get Finn dies. And then and... Finn dies. And then the other guy dies. And yeah, you're just like, just... we're just wasting time. Wow, okay, yeah. We don't, we don't even get the gun you stole because you <laughs> used all the bullets. Yeah, he used them right quick and ineffectively. Yeah, he was shooting like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> Don't take my organs. I mean, whatever, you know, he's scared. Them's mine. <laughs> Them's mine. <laughs> My great-grandfather gave me these organs. <laughs> I need these. Oh, boy. You know, there there is a sequence in this movie that, unfortunately, I don't think was as harrowing for me as, as they wanted it to be. I bet it read so fucking good on paper, like, in the screenplay. Like, god damn, yeah. Fucking chase sequence in an underground cave system, and you've got these tiny little pockets of air that you gotta go up and, and suck on to try and stay alive. Now are and... you gonna talk about farts? I've... <sighs> so I said it <laughs> while we were watching the movie, yeah. It's just like they find these, like, smaller and smaller pockets of air, but, like, how do you... One, They're it's just, probably... like, slurping them. They're like... <sighs> Well, yeah. Where like, are you guys exhaling? Yeah, aren't they just little pockets of CO2? And also possibly farts. That was my joke when we were watching the movie. What happens if you go up and you're like, oh, this one's bad. Like, I believe it. I'm sure it read so fucking well. And it's got to be rad. I mean, they shot it really well. It, it looks good. It looks pretty great when they're slurping up those air bubbles. Look, there's There are a few cool scenes where... Where um where like our leads are like escaping and he's like hot on their trip like hot he's like hot harpoon on their tail. hot on their tail that uh, makes it hard to edit now but yeah <laughs> that's what was happening and uh, and it looks real good and it's also just like inescapable and these people know the cave system so much more than you do yeah or they so just much get fucking lost in this cave system they're like I'll find another way like what are you talking about it seems like it's a one way situation and be, be, like these touristas keep dropping <laughs> flashlights willy nilly it's just this, this is not something you just come out of. And then you don't prove, just emerge from a cave system like a bat. You get lost uh, in them forever and you drown. Yeah, that's... that's or what, you get harpooned by bad guys who know them better than you. That's what would happen to me. One of those two. Oh, I'm definitely I, not living. So I talked... To, well, well, I was saying this when we were watching the movie. The first time they go in that cave, when everything's hunky-dory and they're just trying to check <laughs> out the cave, I would be like, yeah. So he would be like, okay, you have to dive under because there's no spot here. I'd be like down there and I'd just forget how to swim. I would just like <laughs> sink to the bottom. I'd be like, no! oh God. <laughs> yeah, my brain would just shut down. Yeah, it's some scary stuff. I'd be like, nope, to this claustrophobia. And in the end, you know, there's a bit of a standoff. We've got, we've Kiko dies, unfortunately, because Alex. And that's the... still just kind of like, meh. Yeah, it's a bummer. Like, he comes back to help them. He's a really great character in this movie. I like him. He lives really long with that staple head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, they're fighting, and they're just causing a whole bunch of ruckus that's just amplified from where they are in this cave system. And the bad guys who know this place like the back of their fucking hand know exactly where they are. 
They shoot at them. They hit Kiko. He's down for the count, and they're left alone. Uh, but there's a bit of there's a bit of a standoff between the bad guys and and our leads, and you know one of the sort of doubting Thomas of the group. The doughty Thomas. Yes. Like <laughs> <laughs> the right hand man of the bad guy who really doesn't want to be doing this shit, doesn't like it, is sort of just like doing it for the money and doing it for drugs. As I are guess. all the baddies. Yeah. Nobody really wants to be there. Nobody's relishing this except for the fucking bad guy. Who's also kind of just like, yeah, I guess the lesser of two evils. I tried to do the right thing, couldn't, so now I'm doing a bad thing, but it's more important than doing nothing, as you'll remember from my speech <laughs> earlier. As you'll remember from the kebab scene. Anyway, they plead with him, and thankfully, Prue, uh, Melissa George's character, who just appears out of nowhere when they escape from the cave, uh, you know, she knows Portuguese, so she can sort of plead with him. Like, so hey. she can finally use it. I love that she stops him from killing this guy, too. Alex, the brother, is smashing his head with a rock. Yeah. And she's like, no, what are are you you doing? doing? Like, what do you mean, what are you doing? Is it Like, if if anything, that sentence should have ended with, you have have weak arms, give me the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Especially, too, because it's just mere moments after B has murdered the harpoon guy. Yeah. Who cares? These guys want to kill you and take your guts. Let's murder them. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, they get out safe. We skip over a whole bunch of stuff. You know, some some nice locals find them help. They they get onto a plane. Favorite fucking moment of this whole goddamn movie. In the beginning, the brother has given them a hard time because we took the bus. We should have taken a plane. I told you we shouldn't have taken the bus. Oh, look, the bus crashed. And then in the line, getting onto the plane, there's a couple behind him who are like, oh, I wanted to take the bus. I wanted to see the country. And he's like, trust me, take the plane. What? (laughs) We can't can't see your hands, Okay, I'm sorry. They're in the air. They're up. Like, what the fuck? Um, He's doing the angry skeleton. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. They're like, I just don't get it. Like, there, there are. Ah, uh, who cares? Uh, you need a, you need to bookend something in a movie, but whatever. It's pretty. It's pretty great. It's kind of funny. It made me laugh. It's silly, but yeah, like. I just think of, I just, I just think of him like see... a real person. Like you would have that conversation with these people if they were at the like, ticket at booth. At the ticket booth. Debating like, should we take the plane? I don't know. We were thinking we said we'd take the bus. And he's like, no, take the plane. The whole movie, I just wanted to see these characters walk into the US consulate, and we don't even get that. They leave on a plane to I'm assuming a bigger city in Brazil. But like there's no conversation like we need to get passports and get the fuck home because we one, need to alert our the friend th- died. Yeah, a bunch of people died. There's a there's a there's a red market situation happening. Stop in saying this. red market like we all know what it means. Well, I was going to I didn't even get to talk about it at all, but like I was <laughs> but now that you mentioned it. No, uh, I was going to say black market, but it reminded me of red market, which What's the difference? I don't know if this is the actual term, but this was the title of the book and this is what this guy was calling it and it's essentially everything from blood farms to uh like children being kidnapped and adoptioned away mostly dealing with uh, the red market quote-unquote in india the book was focusing on and yeah blood farms people that are just essentially chained up and being slowly drained of their blood (laughs) for to to be brought to hospitals that's like the most boring matrix ever (laughs) kind of yeah or or like those people from inception that are just like on iv drips just whatever but yeah it's it's some dark shit and especially the especially the adopting part because, like, you get these people who yeah, are adopting, like adopting babies. Yeah, adopting kids that were, like, wanted? That yeah. feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this is an orphan. Their their parents died in the war, yada, yada. But meanwhile, this is a baby that was just kidnapped from a mother's arms. Well, how does that differ from the black market? The black well, market's for, like, shoes and 
Well, drugs? the black market is just like buying things illegally. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, period. It doesn't matter where or what. Technically, okay, so this is just still... like you don't get to like a giant flea market and choose a colored door, and they're like, "Oh, we want alive things. We're going to the red door." You're you're like that. Uh, yeah, like you you walk into like you walk through a beaded curtain. You're like, "Hello, is this the Silk Road?" Hello. <laughs> Oh, boy. I would like to purchase a little... <laughs> Am I on the dark web? <laughs> yes. That's, yeah, that's what's happening. Uh, he was just using that term to differentiate. Like, we are only talking about the purchase of bodies, whether alive or dead or in pieces or in full, <laughs> including skeletons. Apparently, most skeletons all come from India. Like, if you go to a classroom and there's a skeleton, it's from India. Weird. It's a huge export of theirs. <laughs> How do we come back from this? I'm not sure. It's a really interesting book, though. I highly recommend reading it. It's great. Touristas is, plays into the same themes. So if you want to follow up, this is some 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 reading that will provide some background information. Uh, I but think. speaking, of, actually speaking of body farms and book recommendations, uh-huh. Mary Roach has a really good book called Stiff. It's about all of the sciencey things that are are done with dead bodies. There are body farms in America, but they're like corpse farms, and they study different states of decay and like different effects of different terrains and weather conditions and like the different bugs that appear in in different uh, circumstances so How that they can a hand will do glove in a car versus exactly. out in a <laughs> and it's well they use it for forensics in solving crimes and stuff because they'll have more data to to be able to look at when they, are, they come up on a particular circumstance which is pretty cool but also pretty gnarly have you thought bet much? Bet it of... smells real bad. Oh, I bet it smells awful. I bet that's right? the stinkiest farm ever. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you thought much about what you're gonna do with your body when uh, when you die? Um, nah. Yeah. I, I want one of those like walnuts that put bodies in, where you just like what? you go in a walnut and they like put you under a tree. You go in a walnut. Not an actual walnut. It's just like a compostable coffin. Okay. But I like to picture it as a walnut. It's, it's probably just a burlap seems bag. Seems more magical. <laughs> yeah, it's significantly more magical I than a burlap like bag. I want to be like Thumbelina. <laughs> Yeah, and I've thought about just donating my body to science, like whether it's to a body farm. As yeah, long as it's not used for plastic surgery. That's, well, yeah. I was going to say- Well, like, on the other hand- What if you end up, though, going to that like plastic guy, and then you're like fucking riding a muscly horse for the rest of your life at the ROM? That sounds rad. And then I'm like at the like the Royal People Ontario Museum. People will see your doodle. Yeah, but like all my skin will be gone, and like all the, like, the muscle <laughs> tissue will be counts. there. Like even the fat will be gone. I bet I look great. <laughs> I bet- You better get ripped now. Yeah, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to die at peak performance. <laughs> yeah, you want you want to leave a good-looking corpse, bud? You better start working it now. What if that was somebody's goal? Like, why are you working that? Are you going into a competition? Is it, you know, to like, attract oh, no. a partner? Donating my body to that plastic guy. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something fun, though, before we wind down. This got me excited from the beginning of the movie. So right when it starts, a production title pops up on the screen called Fox Atomic. Oh, yeah. And John and I were both like, what is Fox Atomic? I've never not, seen this before. I'm not familiar with this. Well, you actually have I'm, seen okay. it before. So it is a now defunct production and distribution label from obviously 20th Century Fox, sure. RIP, yep. made for their genre pictures. And it existed between 2006 and 2009. Wow. Do you want to make any guesses what films may have appeared? Catacombs. No, but that was a good guess. Okay. Um, Hostel 3. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to read them. Please. <laughs> yeah, so from 2006 to 2009, uh, genre titles from Fox 
Fox from Fox Atomic. Atomic. Yeah. Uh, Touristas was the very first one. All right. Then in 2007 came The Hills Have Eyes 2. Okay. Also in 2007, 28 Weeks Later. Man, that's a good movie. Um, Way to go, Fox Atomic. And then some other films, The Comebacks, The Rocker, Miss March, 12 Rounds, I Love You, Beth Cooper, Postgrad, and then the final movie. I think I've seen all of these movies. <laughs> oh, wow. I was just like, nothing, nothing, nothing. You haven't seen The Rocker uh, with Rain Wilson? No. <laughs> uh, and then in 2009, the final movie from Fox Atomic was Jennifer's Body. No shit. Yeah. Okay. So R.I.P. Fox Atomic and R.I.P. Fox in general. Yeah. Because Disney owns them. And everything else. Like your soul. Hooray. It's what they've always wanted. <laughs> So, Kim, what's your rating of Touristas? Uh, I'm going to give it a a two out of four. I'm also giving it a two out of four. Yep. Yeah, vacation is fun, but, like, yeah, kidneys just not enough for me. Maybe if he was, like, making them into art afterwards or something. Honestly. Like he was keeping their bones, and he had, like, a big collection, and you're like, yeah, at least he's sinister. But that's just our opinion. Let us know what you thought of the ruins and touristas. And tell us all about your other favorite vacation horrors. We fucking love them. Hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. In the official Nightmare on Film Street Discord, which you can reach by going to nofspodcast.com slash discord. And if you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, consider checking out our super exclusive Fiend Club. It is a subscriber-based club in which you have access to a bunch of bonus stuff. There's merch, perks, swag, and a ton of live events. We have the Spooky Speakeasy where we hang out. It's like a virtual bar, pub, movie theater, and arcade uh, where we hang out in person without being in person. It's super fun. Yeah, we were playing One Night Ultimate Werewolf recently. There's a Pictionary game oh, in there. Oh, it's such a blast. And we even have our own little movie theater in there. So we can do some of our live streams right there and hang out and have video chats. It's super fun. So hit us up at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. It's a couple bucks a month, and you support Nightmare on Film Street directly. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.